Hey, I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Aaron Klein. And I'm Ansel Birch, your host in post. And it's time to party. We are not doctors and we don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. They're going thousands of miles per hour. (laughs) It's not the speed of light, but I guess it's close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If you are just joining us. We're about to talk Welcome. about <laughs> the ridiculous movie Beyond the Time Barrier. Uh, from 1960, this is available on Prime for free. You should definitely watch it. It is only 75 it's minutes true. long. That's that's the <laughs> saving really grace. Clear about that. <laughs> uh, as we discussed in the first episode, Ben did not like this movie. <laughs> I loved it. Was delighted by it. So this should be an interesting discussion. Oh, yes. Uh... <laughs> If you have not seen this movie, which I can almost guarantee you haven't, um, for real, yeah. before now, for now, before we before we gave you yes. the homework to watch, yes, it. yes. If you have not watched along already and played our drinking and smoking game, well, here you are, <laughs> dropping in on this kerfuffle. Oh yes, if, if you're gonna watch this, you're gonna need the booze and the weed and whatever else. <laughs> A sunny disposition. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I enjoyed it sober. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. It's it's ridiculous. I. Okay. I mean, we should start at the top, right? (laughs) Yeah, let's start at the top. (laughs) All right. the The first note that I made was: you can time travel by taking sharp turns at high speed. At high speed. At high speed. I appreciated a lot that they took the time to give us the fake math. I really like, I was like, I really needed them to put this on a chalkboard and show me what was happening and what they're trying to do so that when he went through the time barrier and got to the other side and the other pilots could explain to him, like, so you remember that chalkboard that we looked at earlier in the movie? Here's another chalkboard where we'll talk about how we got here. Like, I appreciated that because it was really confusing. It was like, wait, what the fuck? How did you get over here? They explain later it's because he hit terminal velocity, which is interpreted by the time barrier as being close enough to the speed of light. That was unclear. They did not Very really unclear. explain why why that happened. But yes, you if you hit terminal velocity while you're going in a circle around the Earth, you can time travel. Because the Earth the is galaxy's moving too. Yes, because the, the galaxy is moving and so you're like... You got, like, pulled by the galaxy, but you're, like, still in, like, inner space, kind of. So you get sucked into 2024. I don't know. It's a big stretch. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Real stretch. Uh, I like, I appreciated that they gave us, like, the timey-wimey music. So you were like, ooh, something's happening. Again, the score on this is just... It's really for the audience to understand what's happening. That's what it feels like the whole time. And the score is like, pay attention. And you're like, I am. And then it's like, something bad's going to happen. And you're like, oh, it is. That's the whole movie. <laughs> uh. it, man. Like. it when, when they were trying to explain it, I just remember looking over at Warwick. And his face was similar to my face when we were just like, what? what oh okay (laughs) we're here now (laughs) i guess it's like that Um, it's like that one meme with the angry looking guy 
and then throwing his hands up like i guess <laughs> i guess that's how that works oh my god <laughs> okay so what since i liked it and you didn't okay. let's start with the things that you that you don't like about this movie like obviously it's weird and obviously sure. like the plot is very strange and the time travel is like hard to comprehend what else don't you like so i i think the main things that kept me constantly saying what the fuck are the little details you know because Mm -hmm. when you look at the story uh according to imdb the synopsis uh repeating this in case you didn't hear in in the first episode uh, in 1960, a military test pilot is caught in, t- in a time warp that propels him to the year 2024, where he finds a plague has sterilized the world's population. That's a good enough plot to like get you through a B movie, but mm-hmm. like there are so many little details that are just like that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Why are you doing that? Like for a society that has lived with, um being deaf and mute for so long how don't they have a better form of communication than nodding yeah, your why head don't, yeah nobody can communicate with each other there's like some people have photographs but it doesn't appear like really anybody has photographs yeah. except for tra- trainee tyranny the deaf lady i her name was confusing yes, i was, was like i don't understand what you're trying to call this woman <laughs> on imdb they mark they say they call her a princess princess tyranny yeah she's yeah princess tyranny and i'm like she was a princess (laughs) yeah because she's yeah i mean it kind of makes sense she's like her grandfather is like the commander who's the one who's left and they're everyone lives in this underground base and so that's all the humans that are left and so since she's the only fertile one or the only one who is hypothetically fertile i guess they keep saying that she's fertile i'm just gonna assume she gets her period there's no other reason to know that she's fertile and so it must be that like that that must be why so i guess the second you get your period become a princess in 2024 in (laughs) this underground bunker town well she's also what's her bucket's daughter right yeah the 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 like governing general supreme Uh, yeah the supreme is her grandfather yeah yeah it's her grandfather yeah but also, the Supreme and the Captain are the only ones that can talk. Yeah, that was weird. R- like. It was also unclear why they could yes. talk and nobody else. Like, the Supreme, it made a little more sense because he was like, I remember. I I was just old enough to be around when it yeah. was the before times and before the plague. So, like, him, I understand. Right. They do say, actually, you know what? They do say at one point, I wrote this down. It's not that, like... It's not just that the mutants are the only ones who are infected. It's that everybody is infected. Yes. And so it, it so it must be that the Supreme and the Captain are just at earlier, earlier stages, stages yep. right, of their infection so that they they can still communicate. But, like, why that is is exactly. never explained. Yeah. Uh, oh. Captain Grumpy McBeardface <laughs> is just real angry about stuff. And... Dude, he loves to pick a fight. Yeah. That man is like, I am ready to beat the shit out of anybody. I'm the only one who can talk. I'm so tired of these deaf people. <laughs> yeah, it, give me half a reason. Half a reason, that's all I need. Yeah, exactly. He walks into a room and it's just like, time to punch some people in the face. Like, okay, bro, you do whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the the mutants, even though they're all some kind of mutant, like, mm-hmm. they're just in this pit of despair. Um... Like, I don't know. They they didn't really give a 
a good reason why they're just corralling these mutants. Maybe these are the ones that broke in, tried to attack. I I honestly think it's because they're ugly. Yeah. They like mention at one point like because they look this way, that's why they're in here. So I it's funny that you say that is one of the things you didn't like. I liked that because it felt very much like a class system. Mm. It feels very much like a commentary on like all of these people are sick. Yeah. Everybody here is infected, but these are the ones that we don't like and so we just like shove them over here and we let these like well-behaved people kind of do whatever they right. want. I liked that inside of a 1960s movie. That felt like really on the nose for a movie made at that time too, which I think made me appreciate it more. These are the people that didn't follow the guidelines for a plague. These ones didn't wear their masks. <laughs> for real. Like... I think maybe that's what contributed to me not liking this movie a whole lot also is that like, oh, hey, in the year 2024, there's a plague still that sterilizes the world. And I'm just like, oh, that's a fun thought. Well, a plague that happened in the seven. I wrote it down at. I, I wrote down the year. They said it at one point. 1971 yeah. is when, mm-hmm, when it happened. It okay. Yeah, is when the plague happens because of cosmic radiation and cosmic dust falling, which is what causes everybody to get sick. And then, like, only these people are the ones who survived or their mutated genes allowed them to be alive still. So I found that really interesting. The thing that I really liked about that, too, in that explanation is they said that they had already gone to Mars and Venus by 1961. that's wild. It is wild that people in the 60s were like, yeah, we're going to go to the moon and then we're going to actually continue to do space travel. Like, oh, the optimism. Yes. I can't imagine what it must be like to live in a society where you're like, they're really going to do it. We're really going to go to Mars and like watching a movie like this where they're like, yeah, we went to Mars and we went to Venus. Uh, hello, been there, done that. Like, I, that's the other idea too, right? Is that they they evacuated everyone from the planet who wasn't a mutant. And so they're all living now on the Mars and Venus colonies too. So like the plot is interesting and has a lot of like really interesting structures to it and the like overall nature of the plot i found really fascinating but you're right that there's like a lot of weird little stuff that's just like thrown in like why is this in here like what is this they did some good world building that they did not act on yes exactly they did excellent world building and one of the things that you mentioned previously was that you liked the spontaneous fighting Mm. um but like the actual fighting that occurred seemed very like two grade schoolers slapping each other like bad Kinda, hugging. yeah <laughs> like i don't know i'm pretty sure at one point out loud work said uh did they even have a fight coordinator just because it was like honestly probably, probably not, not. the same that's, four stunt dudes <clears throat> yeah that's they had a couple of um I think they were from the Air Force because this is shot on an Air Force base in Texas. Mm-hmm. I think there were a couple of guys from the Air Force who came in and like did all the stunts for this too. So I probably not. I don't think they probably had one. That's I think part part of it too. I liked a lot of the fights because I felt like they felt real. It felt like like when you have a choreographed fight, yeah, you get all this like, woo, we're gonna punch and then I'm mm-hmm. gonna throw you over the chair and then we're doing this. And like when you actually fight someone, it's a lot of grabbing people by the collar and just like trying to punch someone and like throwing them uh, on the ground. Uh. Yeah, exactly. And so I I felt like I appreciated these fights in that sense. Like if this was made today, the fights would have been obviously much better and done like professionally. Yeah. But it felt like this movie only cost 125k to make. And like it feels that way, but it also feels like it they really made the most out of the money that they had doing it with 
not having real stunt people. Yeah. Like, I thought they did a fine job with the stunts. Though I agree, a lot of them were funny. Like, that's, again, I think because I just embraced at the beginning, mm-hmm. like, this is going to be delightful and weird. Like, the weird fights really did it for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because I'm not typically super cynical about movies. You know, I'm, I usually go into stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm like surprised that you didn't enjoy this. Yeah, I usually go into stuff like, you know, in, enjoying campiness. And, I mean, hell, all the musicals that, we enjoy are real campy mm-hmm. right and fun and but i don't know something about this movie it might it might have been the uh endless amount of snow we've been getting the lack of sunlight <laughs> <laughs> the makes us feel like we too are living in a cold war yeah, yeah I agree. you know but also like the whole we are also living through a plague so mm-hmm. i don't know that yes. might have gotten me down a little bit on this but like Afterwards, I was thinking, like, even though I may not have enjoyed the execution, this movie is ripe for a remake. Oh, so much. Yes, I totally agree. Yes. It has everything that you could use to make an interesting Mm -hmm. sci-fi movie now. Yes, I completely agree. You could take this terrible script, make very little edits, and, like, honestly just make it, like, almost exactly shot for shot and just do it better. And it would be a fucking great movie right like things and to it'd work be cheap to do today would be very cheap to do so cheap it would be so cheap to make this yeah i mean it just improve on their form of communication uh improve on the literal worst bald caps i've ever seen oh my god the worst bald caps <laughs> so they're bad. real bad <laughs> Oh my god, the mutants in the pit when they're like sitting on the stairs. I was like, wow, this is, these are yeah. something fucking else. It, uh, I appreciated that it was in black and white. I bet that it it looked better yeah. because it was in black and white as opposed to seeing that in color. But like seeing the mutants, I think the idea, here's a question for you. If you remade it today, would you make it in black and white or would you make it in color? Ooh. Um, I would probably reverse Wizard of Oz it. Start in color and then black and white. Ooh, I like that. That's a good answer. Because like, like they, they talk about it being kind of like a different timeline, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe this timeline is more retro futuristic, you know? Mm-hmm. I would probably leave out that the future of clothing is regular clothes with chunky belts, but you know, like <laughs> only some people get the chunky belt though. Only some people get the chunky belt. One of the things that I really love about this movie is that it's so clear that Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek, the original series, mm-hmm. watched this movie and just heavily fucking lifted from it. Like there's so much in this movie that is also in Star Trek, the original series. And one of those things is the clothing that mm. they wear. So like the, the like triangle cut short skirts with the long sleeves yep. and the emblems at the bottom of the sleeves. Star Definitely. Trek. That's just straight up straight old up. Star Trek move. And so watching it, I found it delightful that like, oh my God, I I can see how this movie that I've never heard of had an enormous impact on something that became a cultural phenomenon. And so like, I think part of what makes me like this a lot is that like we've been saying, the structure and the like ideas behind it are so strong that when they're transferred to other pieces of media, they stand out as high points, even though in this they might feel weird. So that's that's my counter for the clothing. There are Mm -hmm. things about the clothing I really liked knowing that they clearly influenced other pieces of clothing from sci-fi in the future. Okay, I can get behind that. Um, Another point of contention that I had was that it didn't really take much convincing to get Tyranny on on board. Like, 
She listen. <laughs> like I know she was a little uh, thirsty, but a little. No, 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 no. Girl's been waiting for anybody. Literally anybody. She's the only person who can like have sex and have a child, and she's been told that's her destiny. I literally wrote down at one point one of my notes is: Is this girl normal horny or creepy horny? Oh, creepy yeah. horny. Creepy and horny. that is that's exactly what it is. This woman like immediately falls in love with him. Is like I will literally sacrifice myself and everyone that I've ever known and loved because this dude with a working dick is wants to leave. Basically, oh. and that's it. A working dick and the only dude in the future apparently who has who doesn't have like weird facial hair like everyone else that isn't related to her in this in this citadel has weird facial hair has super weird facial hair yes that's that's 2024 baby (laughs) honestly holds up yeah 2024 looking around at people i bet a lot of that facial hair is gonna be like oh yeah totally that's absolutely grumpy pointy beard is coming back he will live again (laughs) that's right (laughs) that pointy beard it's coming back Uh, how did you feel about the sets i liked the sets they might be one of the high points of of the film you know the the triangle motif was a very interesting theme to go with um Mm -hmm. but the doors really bothered me because the triangles were not tall enough for most of the people in the citadel so who was building these doors that are really low to the ground (laughs) like i i mean that's government infrastructure that's someone who was like it's cheap and we can build it easily and it looks kind of nice and then everyone's like this is way too small for humans and they're like deal with it (laughs) can we talk about how trianese bedroom has a door on one side and just an open curtain if you walk around yeah it's not like and they're underground so like what there's a lot of why is there a pool underground why does she have like an open air pool underground not explained at any point also it was very validating to see that in these bedrooms they they figure out in the future that bed frames are a scam Yes. yes they just have big headboards but no bed frames right Exactly, and they're like, "This bed is fine. Just put it on like a big ass box yeah. ring." And you're like, "You know That's what? That's all you need." Right. <laughs> and a platform. Make sure it's on a raised platform, right. so that if people mm-hmm. want to exactly. watch you, they can. There's yeah, there's exactly. amphitheater seating. For, <laughs> <laughs> for I mean, a second the there, I no legit can... was like, "Oh, are they all gonna watch them?" I thought so too. <laughs> how how sexy does this movie get? Does this? I I was like, this has an NR rating, which means it's not rated, which means anything, anything can goes. fucking happen. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, here we go. Is this going to be like old school England where they watch them copulate? Like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> okay, we need to see if his dick really does work. Yeah. Right? They're like, is anything coming out? Any- who can see? We Who's also got to be now? like, hmm, are we just all doing it wrong? Let's see if maybe he's got tips. <laughs> It's supposed to be hard. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, my God, guys. <laughs> Everyone runs out. Wait, what's We were that just rubbing hole? it on her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. 1970. I bet there wasn't good sex education. Everyone who survived fast was like, I don't know. The birds came and they gave us a baby. <laughs> That's what mom said. <laughs> that's what it is they see allison come in on this flight and they're like it's a big bird he's the one with the bird that's why he's the one who will get her pregnant guy. <laughs> that's baby guy 
<laughs> but that guy knows where babies come from. Just tell him Lieutenant. we're sterile and, and maybe he'll show us. <laughs> oh, man. Like, now that we're on the topic of Allison, he's a dick. Like, he's such a dick. He's such a dick. Like, one of the oh things I wrote down, like, while he was talking to the Supreme, he was just like, I value my freedom more than this. And he's trying uh, to be yes. like, dude, there's a plague. Like, yes, there's a plague yes. on people. Like, mm-hmm. you surprisingly timely movie. Oh, it's so timely. It's shocking how well it held up in many ways that probably felt outlandish in 1960. Yeah. Weirdly it's, prescient. Uh, yeah. Yes, very much so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what added to my frustration with this movie too, because it's just like, oh, there's so many people out there like Allison who don't give a shit. Yes, 100%. No, we're all dying though. Yeah. I don't. I don't care about that. That's that's but that sounds freedoms. like a not my problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem and not a my freedom problem. I'm like, no, it's a you problem too. Beyond the Time Barrier starring Gina Carano. <laughs> For future reference, that's a timely reference right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you hopefully have forgotten who that is entirely, don't look yeah, it up. <laughs> right? If you forgot, good for you. Yeah, for real. Oh, man. You'll probably enjoy this movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you can just let things go and escape from your memory, then you too will enjoy Beyond the Time Barrier. It's a thought that I had while watching the movie. It technically doesn't pass the Bechtel test because there's only one woman that can talk in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I don't even think you have to put technically in there even if she could talk that this would not have passed the Bechtel test oh that's true yeah because anytime um she is all about that dick yeah exactly that woman becomes centrally focused on it like he is introduced and her grandfather's like you will mate with this man and she's like i will mate with this man (laughs) (laughs) that's what that's her whole deal whereas the russian lady pilot is like i'm a lady pilot i'm very smart and capable and can do lots of like i liked her i thought that she was a great character like those other scientists i found really interesting and at that point too it had been so long so long in a 75 minute movie it felt like a really long time since we had heard other people speak too and so i felt like i appreciated them even more Mm -hmm. and i like that they were ambiguous too it is really unclear like are they really trying to get him off of this planet are they gonna sabotage him at the end like they did sort of try to sabotage him but then at the same time they did help him leave yeah. like i i liked that they felt very complicated mm-hmm. we we don't really get an answer i believe either about exactly how long they have been there like it they they arrived there in similar ways by slipping through this time barrier but they can't tell they don't tell us like oh yeah i'm de- i've definitely been here for this amount of time i'm from this year but that doesn't tell us, like, oh, I've been here for eight years, or I've, I've only been here a couple of months. Like, that's really unclear. I think that helps add to the ambiguous nature of their characters, too. You don't really mm-hmm. get a sense of their urgency about what exactly they want. Yeah, those are definitely the good things about, um, you know, Captain Markova, uh, General Cruz, and... Um, the other guy. Borman. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Dr. Borman. Dr. Borman. Like, those are the, mm-hmm. the interesting things about them, you know? Like, they were complex in a way that added some depth to the characters, but it's weird that all three of them, like the three of them being Borman, Cruz, and Markova, are from three different timelines, yet they're all drawn to this particular 2024 timeline when they took sharp turns in something. 
Uh, that was weird. And then once the resolution for for Markova, Cruz, and Borman came up, it happened so quickly that you didn't mm-hmm. really get a get a chance to really process it all because it happened like one after the other after the other. It's like yes. curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal, and then again <laughs> and then again. Yeah. Like, well, and it's important to note that this is before divergent timeline theory. Like, this is. They are all from the same timeline. They're just from different mm-hmm. points in that timeline. Because right, the only exactly, way yeah. the solution to this movie works is if by going back and changing it, he's rewriting all of this. Like, yes. none of this right. happens because of his, if he changes things mm. in 1960. Yeah, but yeah, at a certain point, I remember thinking, like, is Allison actually going to go back and change stuff like he's kind of a dick so he might just be worried about like when when he said like i value my freedom more than this like he was being pretty selfish so like would he have done that and i mean we we see what happens to him like and what he actually does can he yeah exactly i don't think that he can and i like that at the end they kind of imply like we have a lot to think exactly. about. Like, that's what they, they literally say. Now, like, we're going to do something to prevent yep. this. Like, we we have a lot to think about. And, like, is there, is that why they go to Mars and Venus? Is because these men are already aware that this is coming. And so they're trying to set up these off-world sites. And, like, it's, is it cyclical? We have no idea. We it, That is never answered for us. Right. And I like that it's open-ended at the yes. end. That, like, did he actually change it? Or is he the one that set in motion the things that prepared the planet for who could escape? Yeah. Like, we don't know. We never get an answer. Right. Again, interesting idea. The, not a great execution mm-hmm. overall. Isn't the atom bomb the inciting incident? They said that it was because of cosmic radiation or cosmic rays that came from the sun. I'm not sure if it was the atom bomb or... The combination of both the atom bomb coming off and them getting hit with the cosmic radiation, I was unclear about what exactly caused it. I think Allison thought that the plague might have been caused by nuclear warfare, and then the scientists were like, no, actually, it turned out to be this thing that vaguely sounds like global warming. Right, yes, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I made some notes about it that she, yes, they, it was cosmic radiation and cosmic dust that they thought was the atom bomb because of the explosions, but actually was because of something that came off of the sun. And so I think you're right that it was something like global warming that caused the planet to do whatever. And then we got this plague. I don't know. Kind of like what's happening today. Weird. Yeah, right. (laughs) Not that I'm... Anyway, I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) Not that I'm clamoring for for more plague uh, media, but if someone who writes for Star Trek or the Orville or something wants to remake this movie, I think they could do it in a pretty good way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I was saying before, a lot of, there's clearly a lot of imagery that Gene Roddenberry took for Star Trek, the original series. Mm-hmm. Like there, off, yeah. my favorite, my favorite moment in Star Trek, the original series is when bones accidentally gets hit with that, like adrenaline shot. And then he, they're yeeting through the time rock <laughs> and he comes out and he's like concrete. I love the way that concrete looks like the, the setup at the beginning when Allison is going from the, the runway in the future before he gets taken, darted down and taken into the, uh, the underground 
cave layer that everyone lives in, that imagery looks very similar to that episode. And that's part of what originally made me think like, damn, this is really similar to Star Trek. And then mm. as the movie continues on, it's like, that's really similar. And that's really similar. And that's really similar. Like that was my first click of it. And I think that's part of what made me like appreciate the way that the scenery looked. That's what we were talking about. We were talking about the scenery. There we go. We got back to it. See? That's right. It was tri- triangle doors. That's how we got here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what was funny? Um, the progression of movies like that Warwick and I watched the night that we watched this. Because we went from triangle doors to Super Troopers. And then in Super Troopers 2, they talk about triangulation. And I'm like, it, 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 we got back there. It's all related. <laughs> the movies they love the triangles (laughs) so aaron do you think that beyond the time barrier stands the test of time you know i think that it does i think you need to go into it with the idea that it is really silly and it is kind of dumb and there are things about it that like don't make sense but also like it was 1960, and for 1960, I feel like this super holds up. Like, if you if you asked me to guess when this movie was made, if I knew nothing about it, I probably would have guessed later in the 70s, because it feels a little more, like, it doesn't feel as dated by time as I would think a movie like this from, the 60, from 1960 would feel. So, yeah, I think it does. I think that this holds up and stands the test of time, Especially in ways that I just wasn't expecting, which I think made me like it more. Yeah. What about you? Do you think that it stands the test of time, Ben, who hated this fucking movie? (laughs) So on my letterbox, I gave this movie a 1.5 stars. Oh my God. So. Wow. Okay. That's way lower than I would have. It's not. I didn't think it was a great movie, but it has good bones. Like. Yes. It does have good bones. Yeah, like you could do something with this now that would be very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But back then, I don't know. Uh, again, it could have just been I'm feeling sick, uh, cynical about stuff because uh, you know I don't want to watch stuff about a plague right now. Fair enough. <laughs> Surprise! I picked a movie about a plague. Oops. <laughs> My bad. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. This was a real weird one for me. So yeah, I don't know. All right. The drinking game might help it a lot. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's fair. I was very high when I watched this movie <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. So, you know, take that for what yeah, you will. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so. Uh, All right. Yeah, that's our second episode. And apparently our third one is going to be even crazier. Oh, crazy! <laughs> We're gonna get into how this movie was made and why it is the way that it is in episode three. Just as a, you know, come on over. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about Are it. Are we gonna talk about the mutant pit? I don't specifically have the mutant pit written down, but I honestly I like the mutant pit. <laughs> I thought the mutant pit was really just as like a tag onto the end of it. I thought it was really interesting that you got to see the mutant pit from like the studio lot version of like, here's the stairs and here's the gate. And then they swing around and show it. And it's like, here's this very expansive place that all of these people are living. And like, they're not crowded together. It's not really a pit. It's just like, here's the exile land. Like it's a much more extensive than they make you believe. And then when you swing around, you're like, damn, this is like a Spartacus shot. Like it's a huge, huge shot full of like, not that many people. <laughs> yeah, that's... with very different costuming and and character design. 
Yes, totally. It was like, what is this? Like, there were a couple of shots of them, like, running, too, down the halls during those later scenes where, like you said earlier about it feeling like a different movie sometimes, like, that especially felt like it to me. It was like, what B-roll did you take this from that you were like, we can build the rest of the movie around this? Like, sometimes it definitely felt like that. For a minute, when they first showed the pit, I thought it was uh, the dungeon from uh, Man of La Mancha when Cervantes is just, like, in the dungeon before he starts telling the story. And, like, mm-hmm. that shot reminded me of, like, that movie. Uh, and then when they showed that weird lamp thing that was, like, spinning in a weird way at the top of the pit, I'm like, this mm-hmm. is very impractical and awkward. <laughs> like, what, mm-hmm. what is this light in the future? It's just it's a so Fresnel. Yeah. It's... yeah. <laughs> so you don't trip while you're coming up the stairs so that you can beg for freedom or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it only oscillates, like, in... In a, in this very short window, and I, it's very impractical. I don't know. Do better with your lighting uh, fixtures, future. For the pit. <laughs> the pit deserves good enough lighting. Freedom for the pit. <laughs> it was very satisfying when the pit escaped. I was like, fuck yeah, get out of there, pit. That's true. By the time, that time, you know, everyone's infected, too. So it's like, really, why are these people in the pit? Just because they're ugly? Yeah, get out there and fuck that space station. Uh, yeah. Not space station. Cave station. I don't know. Citadel. Oh, oh man. There's the an in- Citadel. There's an entire IMDb section of goofs on this movie. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. There's some boom shots. There's a bunch of, like, not great camera work that comes with us. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Apparently there was another movie that was shot at the same time in the same location. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. That probably saved money. Uh, yeah, it was a... I was going to talk about this in the third episode, but I'll mention it now. Yeah, this the reason this movie is so short is because it's a, it's actually a double feature. Oh. Uh, I wrote down the name. It's the, the Angry Red Planet. It was shot at the same time on this Air Force base, and then they were released as a double feature, so that actually it's like a two and a half hour long double bill oh interesting gotcha yeah that makes sense i don't know which one comes first i don't know if this is the first movie and then the angry red planet is the second one i'm not sure mm. that that i could not find information about gotcha okay mm-hmm. well since we've already started talking yeah. about the third episode we might as well get there so yeah let's get there anyway see you next week everybody <laughs> yeah enjoy <laughs> monday Right? (laughs) If you want to join in on the conversation about Beyond the Time Barrier, you can find us on the internet on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at bsilverio20. I'm at nydernrincy on Instagram. I'm at indecisionist on Twitter and theindecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon the Shakes for our amazing music. And you can hashtag time to party that's the number two on either of those platforms uh and share how ridiculous you think this movie is yeah tell us did you like this movie what are you team aaron or team ben where did you fall here (laughs) yeah be excellent to each other party on dudes (laughs) air guitar underground Uh, i'm playing air bass now i don't know that when did that happen (laughs) 